Mudbugs, and welcome back to Clay on Our Core, podcasting about pottery from the corner of Montgomery Road and Hudson Avenue in peace-loving Norwood, Ohio. I'm your Clay pal, Ann Saker. Today, in episode 42, we have a terrific conversation with studio member David Sun. By education and training, he's a software engineer. But it's been fun watching David embrace ceramic arts. He's about a year into his practice, and already he's making his own glazes. First, though, an update on the long-running drama of our big Bailey gas kiln. Quite mysteriously, the kiln now is hitting temperature for oxidation firing. We don't know why the kiln got all fussy and cranky at the end of June, and cult pastor Laura Davis says we're still not sure we can run a reduction firing yet. So we're also not sure if we'll have our first Friday kiln opening on the first Friday in August. It might land on the second Friday in August. Stay tuned. When next you come to the studio, be sure to note the cool new all genders bathroom signs with the fun SpongeBob SquarePants typeface. Our wonderful intern from the UC DAP school, Z Boyle, made them. Let her know how awesome they are. And now, here's our conversation with studio member David Sun. Well, David, I wanted to ask you in to talk to Clay at our core because, first of all, it's great to have you here as a studio member. I think you bring wonderful uh, joy to the space, and also because you're doing a lot of interesting things in your practice. So before we begin, tell me a little bit about who are you? Who is David's son? And am I saying your name correctly? Yes. Okay. Um, so I'm a, I'm a software developer. Okay. I, that's my day job. Grew up here in Cincinnati. Oh, where'd you go to high school? Uh, Turpin. All righty. Yeah. Woohoo, Turpin, what? <laughs> Fighting what? Spartans. Spartans, okay. Yeah. And how did you like Turpin? Was that a good place to go? It was all right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, all right. So you're born in Cincinnati, grew up here, went to high school here? Uh, went to college in Purdue, and now okay. I'm coming back for, yeah, for a job. Okay. And uh, what kind of software technology are you doing? Are you? Uh, it's super exciting. I write insurance software. Woo! <laughs> wow. Okay. So actuarial. Uh, more of the legal stuff, which oh, is okay. even more exciting. I bet. Okay. Yep. All right. Do you enjoy it? It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you live now in town? I live in Anderson. Okay. Oh, out near Turpin, of yeah. course. Okay. Your your folks still out there? Yep. Okay. That's great. Uh, so, David. Um, how do you? How did you come to Clay? Yeah, so I don't think it's that un- unusual because I hear other software developers. Uh, it's common to have a hobby like woodworking. Interesting. Yeah, it's like you know, it's the engineering without having bosses and meetings. And I get that. Yeah, so it's it's just you, you and the computer, you and the clay, you and the wood. Okay, and was um, that something you? You thought you would do, or, or or was this something you were hearing other software developers talking about, and you thought, oh, that sounds uh, good. It was, it was totally out of the blue. Oh. Um, so I was bored out of my mind during the pandemic, yeah. like, like all of us were. Yeah. And um, I watched this YouTuber, Tom Scott. He does a lot of educational and, like, weird novelty kind of, um, like, He'll just visit uh, a strange place and be like, hey, this is the only thing in the world like this. Okay. So recently he, well, during the pandemic recently, he started doing things with other YouTubers. So he would be like, oh, I'm going to 
have coffee with a coffee YouTuber, and he's like, I'm gonna go visit this guy named Fortian Gadsby and make a make some cups with him. Awesome. Yeah, I was like, oh, hey, that looks kind of fun. Maybe I should give that a try. Okay. And how did you how did you come here to start your journey? Um, had I you ever touched clay before? Well, I we had um. I took sculpture in school, like middle school, not like college. Right. Um, but that was that was like all kinds of three D. Right. And um, we had a short unit on clay, but I I honestly don't remember much from that. Okay. Yeah. So my my previous clay experience was minimal. Okay. In fact, I actually liked the other other three D aspects class particularly um we did wire sculpture okay right and i and so th was it the three day 3d aspect of it that appealed to you um i think well i i just googled uh clay studios in cincinnati and picked this one at random which awesome. is a good choice to yes. end up at queen city heck yeah heck yeah <laughs> um but i think what really got me in was um fact that it's not easy it's you, like you can have too much water and your clay and bowl will just fall apart and I think that was a pretty cool challenge like uh, you're you're pretty limited in what you do but there's also a really high skill ceiling very true uh, although I think at least for me and perhaps for you the first time you see someone throwing on a wheel it looks like well, child's play, right? <laughs> yeah, Easy yeah, as pie. Just, right. Boom. Right. Like they, they do the thing and they have a nice tall cylinder. Right. It's easy. But I got to thinking not long ago that it's not unlike someone just handing you a chainsaw, <laughs> just pointing at a horse and say, you know, clear it to a stump. Because you have an abstract idea of what that machine is supposed to accomplish, but you have no idea how you interrelate with it to make that job occur yeah so it was the difficulty that kind of appealed to you okay so you did you sign up for a class or how did you do that um I took the I took the boot camp okay which is that was a weekend where it's like here's everything you need to do um, to get running and then I just I'm like the type of person who just wants to try stuff out Right. Uh, I, I procrastinated maybe eight or nine months before taking Beyond the Basics. Oh, that's not procrastination. You're pro you know, I don't see that as procrastination. You mean eight months between your boot between, camp yeah. and the Beyond the Basics. Okay. Yeah, just fiddling around. Okay. I mean, that's part of the fun here is making those kinds of, you know, fun choices of like, I think I'll do this or I'll try this or, okay. So uh, what... How did you confront the difficulty of clay when you <laughs> sat down and took the boot camp? Because that's that's intense. It's two days yeah. of heavy duty throwing. Um, well, if it was like all hard, I would have just given up. Right. But I did get one one uh, one little cup that's that I really like, and I still use it as uh, stuff for salt. Nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, it holds my kosher salt. And I Love it. Pinch in. Love it. Yeah. It reminds you every time of the first time you, you threw something on a wheel. That's fantastic. Who was your teacher? Do you remember? Um, 
Justin? Can't can't remember, but okay. he, he left. Yeah, Justin. Justin. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, what did you? So, what was it that hooked you? Once you got into the uh, into the boot camp, you could have walked away from the boot camp. Yeah, I could. Um, it's like the oh hey, I can make a cup. I can yeah. make a plate, and I I can uh, actually finish. Uh, I have I uh, I have horrible procrastination, or maybe not procrastination. It's perfectionism. Sure. It's like uh, it's still a work in progress. It's still a work in progress. But clay, it's once it's past the bisque, there's no turning back. That is a fact. And it's it's like oh, I can <laughs> get something done, get something out the out the door into into the hands of my friends and family, and that's like also a really cool aspect of it. What's the response you're getting from your friends and family to your clay practice? Oh, it's like, oh wow, this is really neat. Yeah. It was really, really pretty, although I would disagree. <laughs> no, <laughs> you disagree because your perfectionism is offended by what you've done? Yeah. Okay, I get that, I get that. That's I've heard that a lot from, uh, from our potters here. So uh, when you took a Beyond the Basics class, and what did you learn from that? Um, I learned any one specific skill. I just got a lot better at everything else. Okay. Yes. What were you doing in that particular Beyond the Basics series? Do you remember? Um, was it throwing bigger? Throwing or? bigger. There was also other techniques like um, closed forms. Right. Uh, donuts. Yes. I don't. I don't really make closed forms with donuts, but it it was nice to learn like how how to trap air. Right. And Understanding that as a technique, and of course, <laughs> trying not to have things crack as a result. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So, uh, as you have, so you you started this, uh, you took the boot camp. When was it? Like a year or so ago? Because huh? you have yeah. not been here that long, as I recall. Yeah. Okay. And so we're now. I think you're working on. You were starting to develop your own. Uh, unlike a lot of potters who are perfectly happy using the commercially produced way of materials, you're trying to do something different. Talk to me a little bit about that. Um, so I switched to porcelain a few months in, and um, the studio glazes don't play with nice of porcelain. Oh. Um, they, they have different properties, and if you don't want crazing, if you don't want uh, these defects, I was like, oh man, I, I guess I better learn glaze chemistry. Okay. Uh, that ratcheted up the difficulty level for <laughs> you, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Right. Well, porcelain in, its of it, in and of itself is already a right. bit of a challenge. Talk to me about stoneware. that. What are you finding? Uh, What's the challenge about porcelain? Porcelain, so all the, if you don't have good uh, clay hygiene with stoneware, you, you get cracking, you get uh, issues like, um, yeah, there's s cracking in the bottom. Um, things will easy easily flop over if you have too much water. Right. Uh, porcelain just kicks that up another notch. You ah. need to be so careful. Right. But the end result is really worth it because you get these really nice white bodies, and the glazes come out even more brilliantly than uh, than if your clay was buff or brown. I got I got that. So what kind of clay are you using now? 
Um, I've been hopping around several different porcelains. Uh, there's a huge variety in how they behave, and <laughs> I can't say I'm completely satisfied with okay. some of them. Yeah. Right. It's been my thought, I've said this a couple of times on the podcast, that I really do think if you, a, an artist could use one clay body, one glaze style, and one firing technique, and never exhaust all the possibilities. Oh, yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, totally. Uh, I am still in the middle of my journey of finding that combination. Right. Aren't we all? Uh, so tell me how you're getting into glaze chemistry. What did, did you just, like, get a book or do some Googling? How did you do that? Um, so obviously there's some really great books. Um, Mastering Tone Fix Glazes, mm -hmm. John Britt's uh, Tone mid-fire glazes and high-fire glazes. Uh, I think I think um, online, digital fire is a huge help because they do a ton of testing. They do, um, they, they're, they're, um, they actually sell clay and glazes that they formulate themselves. So, wow. and they publish all of their, well, not all of, but a lot of their recipes and testing results. Wow. And they'll be like, oh, um, we had to reformulate because we detected that the chemistry of our ingredients has shifted a little bit. Interesting. Digitalfire.com? Yes. Okay. So that's an excellent resource. Do you use glazy.com? Uh, yeah, I do use glazy. It's a, but more so just for its um, calculator. Okay. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, recipes on there that are a little suspect in my opinion. Oh, okay. Since basically anyone can upload recipes. Right. And there's not that much in terms of reasoning. Like Digital Fire, they'll be like, oh, we were experiencing X problems, so we solved that by doing Y, whether that be changing our process or changing ingredients. I see. Okay. And so what's your most, what's your, what's your, uh, how do I want to say this? Uh, what do you feel happiest about in terms of your glaze chemistry? Do you have a glaze color or a glaze formula that, that you're really thrilled is coming out or maybe not? <laughs> not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Uh, I'm still trying to get a good clear for my porcelains. Okay. And what's hard about that? Um, so it's hard because you want you want the glaze to melt well so it's glossy, but the more it melts, the more uh, the more likely the glaze is likely to craze on porcelain. Right. So it's uh, you're trying to find that fine balance between the two. Right. And I think you told me recently you've started th thinking about or at least stepping towards making your own clay. <laughs> yes, that Talk is. To me uh, about how's that going? That is uh, that is a path. Down, down to insanity. <laughs> uh, Talk to me about that. How did, how did yeah, you decide you want to do oh, that? It's so, it's so much fun, though. I'm an engineer at heart, and right. it's, it's fun balancing all these different trade-offs. Um, so I, yeah, I, I have, my, I have, uh, I have some ideas of what I would like in a clay body, and it's not that easy to find it readily on the market on the what are you what are you looking for well tone okay we we work at mid fire so 
district, right. And making a cone five course run is probably the hardest thing you can do in ceramics. Because um, course run really should go to 10, right? Well, at 10 you have a lot more freedom because you're, you, you're firing with so much more heat and energy. You can, you can cut back on certain ingredients. You can cut back on feldspar, which does the melting. I see. You can cut back on the silica, which forms the glass. And as a result, you can put more clay in, so it's more workable. At cone five, it's really cold, so you need you need a lot of um, you need a lot of feldspar, which doesn't melt that well. You need a lot of silica, and as a result, the workability really suffers. So then you need to add in um, you need to put in additives to make it more workable. But then that sacrifices whiteness and translucency, and so it's you're just really, it's closing in on all, all sides. I see yeah. that. Oh. Uh, also, there's, there are some ingredients that really work uh, well. They increase, um, increase the strength, prevent warping, but they cost an arm and a leg. Right. So it's whiteness, translucency, price, you, you just gotta give up on some of them. Right. And is, is this what appeals to your, the engineer in you? Is it those, <laughs> it all does. these little widgets you've got to yeah. try and get worked up, lined up properly to make all this work right? Yeah, it's like, what do I care about more? What do I care about less? And right. what am I willing to give up? Yeah, it's really exciting. Have you figured that out yet? Um, I'm just, again, I'm, I'm still figuring out, like, the best way to process it. Right. Um, digital fire, there's like, hey, we kind of noticed that the the same formula clay behaves differently mm. after it's been in a pug mill. Mm. It's like, isn't that funny? Yes, <laughs> ha ha, amusing, amusing, yes. So, uh, David, I want to ask you now what I take to call the Laura Davis question, which is, what do you know now that you wish you had known when you had started? And I realize that's a, you, you, you are already working at a level that a lot of us <laughs> never approach. Yeah. The thought of making my own glaze or even my own clay is not in the cards for me. <laughs> but what do you kn what do you know now that you wish you'd known when you were starting out? Um. So I think. I think I would say that ceramics is a whole process. There's, I mean, uh, throwing on the wheel is just a small small corner of the ceramics universe, and. People do crazy things because clay is not that great of a material to work with. <laughs> um, so if people do something crazy, they prob they're probably compensating for that elsewhere in their process. Ah. Like if you're if you're slip casting, then that brings its own trade-offs. Um, even on the wheel, some people throw off the hump, but that's only really good if you're making dozens of pieces at a time otherwise bats are totally fine so it's just knowing knowing what you have available and knowing that it's all part of it's all one thing like even even if even if you aren't mixing your own bodies and glazes if when you're throwing you should i think it's really good advice to be be thinking of how you're going to trim and glaze as you're throwing you can't really ignore everything down the road and just be like, um, 
think about the current set we're on. It's all, it's all part of the whole. You do have to think kind of in a linear way, and it moves while you are doing the task. You're absolutely right. You do need to think about, once you have managed, or once you have mastered the idea of centering your pot, or centering your clay on the wheel, that is the beginning, not just of the physical process, but also the mental process of deciding where that pot is going to go. When it's all done, what's it going to be? Oh, yeah, definitely. Have you, uh, have you, do you have a pot you're working on now that is going exactly the way you like it? Um, I don't have a specific pot, but I do feel like I'm closing in on a bowling cup that I, shape that I'm really happy with. Okay, and what do those look like? Um, so I've been, I've been looking at tons of cups and thinking about, um, like, the proportions, the shapes, and I find that I really like when the when the bottom when the bottom kind of like curves downward so you have a really the radius of the foot is kind of small compared to the top of the cup right and it is like gives it looks light it doesn't look yes. very heavy yes it and has an illusion of like floating on the table yeah you set and it down. also i like it when the sides kind of just barely lean in from rather than being straight up and down there's just a little bit of angle inward right. i really like that that's very nice. Uh, have you been selling your your wares at all, David? Uh, no, um, I I pot so solely for my own enjoyment. If great. you like my stuff, that is purely coincidental. <laughs> That's so great. So you're really are you finding? Let me ask you this: Do you find that your clay practice informs your software engineering? Um, I feel like it's mostly the other way around. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's. I feel just because the, the ceramic world is a bit soft, smaller than a software world, um, but you have lots of lots of people online writing blogs like, and gotta just gotta take their stuff with a grain of salt. For sure. Gotta think, and like I said, every it's all one big process, and you think someone will be like, oh, this is, you gotta throw like this, but you don't know how they're trimming and how they're glazing. That's for sure. All right. Well, David, it is just such a pleasure to get to sit down and talk to you. I, I've, I've really enjoyed watching your progress here in the studio, and I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. I love David's observation that in ceramic art, quote, you're pretty limited in what you do, but there's also a really high skill ceiling. David is an artist is pushing himself to that ceiling every time he comes to Core Clay. Thank you again, David, for that great conversation. A few notes in closing. Please be sure to stop by our Mason Gallery to check out the show A Bowl Lot of Love running through August 11th. We say goodbye this week to studio member Kendall Taylor, who sat down for episode 30 of Clay at Our Core to talk about her journey in clay. Personally sad because I will no longer be able to prod Kendall about getting her shit together. I mean, in the next 30 days, she's moving to Columbus, getting married, and starting vet school at an Ohio State University. If that's not getting shit together, then it cannot be done. Happily, before she takes her leave of us, Kendall is buying a Pacifica Potter's Wheel from Core Clay. One more note on a personal level. My little village of Silverton, Ohio, one mile west of the Kenwood Town Center, 
is holding a three-street yard sale on Saturday, July 29th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. I'll be at my house on Elwyn Drive selling my pottery. Hope to see you then. Be sure to hit the like and subscribe buttons, mudbugs, and go ahead to share clay at our core with your potter friends and even your non-potter friends. We've got more cool interviews coming up, including with our new artists and residents, Troy Day and Carla Thomas. So click that notification button, and you can stay current with the podcast. That's all for Episode 42, Mudbugs. This is your clay pal, Ann Saker, hoping once more that the kiln gods are smiling upon you. <laughs>